This is the Overclocked Podcast, a dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, we rerun some remixes and have a listen to a playlist about Sega. Welcome to episode 95. I am Patchpan, and I'll be hosting the bookends of this episode. This episode has been mostly recorded for almost a month now, and for this delay I would like to offer an apology on behalf of our staff. Between vacations, absences, and missed communications, our progress almost completely halted for far too long. We're looking to bring in new people and learn new skills so that we can fill in all the roles even when our regular roster isn't able. So if anybody would like to volunteer, find us on the Overclocked Remix Discord channel. Luckily, we have fellow podcaster and Sega enthusiast, Rexy, to edit this episode and host our appropriately Sega-centric playlist. I'm super glad she stepped up to help out, and she's killing it. Be sure to check out Sega Mixer Drive on Radio Sega at... Radio say dot ga. I think I've kept you waiting long enough though, so let's jump in. Welcome to the Remix Rewind, where we run down the latest remixes from ocremix.org. Recently, we decided it would be best if hosting duties for a segment didn't necessarily have to be on one person. So I'm going to be alternating tracks with Phoenix down this time. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to him for a first remix. Alright, Gordon, your suit should keep you comfortable. Ridge returns to the front page with his third Half-Life 2 remix on the site. It is a metal tune called Portal Storm, and DJ Pretzel notes it as a relatively straightforward arrangement among the artist's many experimental avant-garde remixes. Sir Nuts from the judges panel was impressed. Damn, this song has a perfect build up to some face melting goodness during its first minute. I wasn't expecting this going in that hard, but I was pretty happy it did. There's an ample expansion of the original source here, and I'm honestly impressed that you managed to make such a long track and it never gets into repetition or staleness issues. The soloing is intense, and I love that ending. Let's flow along with Dream Current by Rebecca E. Tripp. 
Remixing the Japanese Sonic CD soundtrack, Sonic feels like an uncommon pick in the remix's vast, fairly RPG and Zelda-focused OCR output, which is pretty cool. Flegan777 provides this comment on YouTube. A very beautiful and charming take on the Japanese title Tempest track. It sounds like it could work as an Aqua Shrine Dungeon track. It almost sounds mana inspired in certain parts. Nicely done, Rebecca. stylings of Ilpo were sorely missed for a few years on OCR, so it's been great to see a few tunes from him on the front page recently. Here's a track from the Konami PlayStation RPG Suikoden called Man-Eating Spores of Agony. hear it from Sir Nuts from the judges panel again. The arrangement and adaptation are stellar, with plenty of style changes, stops, and structural mutations, not to mention the re-instrumentation and performances which are great. Overall a really cool adaptation that changes the tone completely without breaking its relation to the source. Dale Binkley from Facebook adds, So pumped to have a remix from this game. The series always had really great music, but it doesn't get enough coverage. Good job!
Here's how DJ Pretzel sums up Ocean Andrews' Splatoon remix, Full Sleeve, Ink Me Up. A nice jolt of positive vibes and fun, toe-tapping jams, capturing the offbeat-slash-upbeat pop enthusiasm of the Seuss, and dialing up the oscillators a few notches. Enjoy, he advises, and we should. Regular playlist contributor Black Doom writes in their review, Pretty fun and entertaining piece. Absolutely love to jam to this one from time to time. Can't help but mention how awesome the part after the first minute is. And the following bit of quirky chippy solo is no less nice. The squid vocals sounded a bit weird to me, but I gotta admit I got used to them. And now I can't even imagine this remix without them. Super good. Storm Scuggins' debut remix, Save the Future, was posted on the composer of Chrono Trigger, Yasunori Misuda's birthday. Nice! The artist shares some interesting goals for their arrangement, in particular the following. To achieve that metal sound, but without guitar. Instead I used a heavily distorted Hammond organ for the rhythm section and synthesizers for leads. Feels like Sir Nuts is on a roll for this remix rewind. Here's another of his judgmental considerations. Remixing a theme that has been done hundreds of times and making it truly your own is not an easy task, but I think you managed to do that here. I am pleased with how far you went with the interpretation, but somehow you kept the feeling of the original there at all times. Then you coupled your arrangement with details like the slowing clock at the end, and the reverse piano and effects in the intro, to make this one of the most interesting remixes of this theme I've heard. The Horizon is a cornerstone of the Arcadia Legends album. This over 13-minute mammoth of an arrangement was helmed by Jurito, no stranger to ambitious arrangements, and the list of contributing performers is just as impressive. Bardic Knowledge, Basunify, Damien Gwynn, Drum Ultima, Earthkid, Gamer of the Winds, John Stacy, Cadron Kane, Lewin the Flute, and Ronan Ope F. 
Album director Doug Flamewolf has been posting awesomely detailed and considered thoughts for each individually released track from the album. They had a very specific arrangement idea in mind for the airship scene, one that would reflect its dynamic nature during gameplay, changing depending on where the player was taking their vessel. It was difficult to find an arranger for this idea, but Jurita was fearless, taking their idea and making it even grander. Here's a lengthy quote from Dark Flamewolf. Hey, the track itself is also lengthy. I think a week or two went by and he came back inspired, saying he had the perfect idea for it. Why just layer instrumentation over the original melody? Why not just take the listener directly into the culture of each moon, incorporating rather the Delphinus track into the separate musical elements, rather than those cultural tracks into the Delphinus? Let Delphinus be the bridge to this big melody rather than the sole focus. After many months of going back and forth and tons of feedback, he dropped what simply was one of the best and most impressive songs of the entire album. He even loved the title to a second disc, that he asked if he could appropriate it for his own song. Given that it was a bridge between disc 2 and 3, I figured there was no better track name for this than that. The moment I heard it, I knew immediately it was going to be the showstopper to end the second disc and segue us into the third. It had elements of songs that had come before and previewed songs we had yet to hear. It was the perfect bridge to the perfect album for Skies of Arcadia. Thank you again, Jurito, for a job well done. Another cut from Arcadia Legends follows. It is called Better Days by Tisuri and collaborator D-Dubs. Primary arranger Tisuri writes how, while struggling to get the arrangement together, hearing a Korean indie folk tune made the gears fall into place. As I was listening, 
I started to hear the melody of Drachma's theme layered over the top of this kind of whimsical, lazy song. By the time I'd made it to work a few minutes later, I'd realized there was a story to tell here too. Rather than focus on the pain of Drachma's loss, this remix would be a soundtrack for his nostalgia-tinged memories of better days spent sailing peacefully through the skies with his family. That's a pretty cool concept to change up the feeling of the original. Dark Flame Wolf encouraged Tisserie to collaborate with D-Dubs. Regarding that, he had this to say. D-Dubs was gracious yet again and found the challenge invigorating, since it caused him to pare down his style rather than build it up. A unique remixing endeavor. What came out of this collaboration was a charming mix that can't help but bring a smile to my face. And the best compliment of all? Whenever it comes on the car stereo, my boys refuse to have us turn off the engine or get out of the car until the song finishes playing. You can't get better feedback than that. What is this? Barely over two months since the last new DJ Pretzel remix on the site. This one is also from Arcadia Legends and is called the MFD. The track combines organic funk with solo string work and is clearly recognizable as a DJP track, as evidenced by the forum review by Black Doom. When I was listening to this album for the first time, I wasn't really looking at the tracklist, but when this track started playing, I immediately recognized it as DJP's work. To my mind, there's just a whole lot of similarities to some of his previous work for sure. The strings reminded me of his excellent red waltz, and what the ocean taught the forest. The funkier bits seem to come straight from Love Hurts, and Fortuna favors the funk, and the rockish parts certainly make me think of Dark Storm. This is some solid atmospheric stuff, and while it's a relatively short piece, it definitely goes places, being a really cool sonic adventure. Mad props for this sweet track. APZX transforms the iconic theme of love from Final Fantasy IV into the trancy-dancy devotion to the motif, and does it wonderfully well. 
It is also a great example of taking feedback from the judges panel and using it to improve the mix. Check the write-up on the mix post page for details. Aino Cascatalo wrote a review on the forums expressing his feelings about this track. I have a solid connection to Final Fantasy IV, and the original theme of love is one of many favorites from the soundtrack. I've got to say, I got a ridiculous amount of joy hearing it interpreted in this way. Well done! Let us quote the beginning of the Pretzely Ones write-up, because it is quite smile-inducing. Lindsay and Papu debuted on OCR with a Zelda remix way back in July of 2004. More than 14 years later, we're thrilled to post this gorgeous, resonating, romantic, 7-minute orchestral expansion and interpretation of two of Koji Kondo's classic themes from the Zelda universe as she collaborates with Brooke Ferdinandson on oboe. The tune is called Destined, and let's listen for a bit. Dario on the judges panel was especially appreciative about this arrangement. 
I thought the seuss was handled absolutely wonderfully. Rather than having it be obvious every moment, it instead takes the seuss's shapes and textures and transforms them into something else, while still being distinctly Zelda and Overworld. There are the obvious moments, but I'm hearing seuss at around the half minute mark with the classic Zelda arpeggio reharmonized in the horns, and after the one minute mark with the strings to play the Overworld theme completely reharmonized and slowed down. That's an area I've seen few arrangements on OCO match in terms of execution. Composer Trent Reznor is finally represented on OCR via this Quake rearrangement by Mike DM92. The piece is called Slipgate, and the artist says he wanted to take the iconic grungy industrial soundtrack of Quake and put a modern metal spin on it, with more upfront chugging electric guitar and acoustic drums while still retaining the dark atmosphere that the soundtrack is known for. He achieved the classic 9 inch nails guitar sound in the intro and interlude by removing the guitar cabinet from the equation, leaving the raw amp tone unmolded by the specific frequency shaping that cabinet speakers are known for. Dano on YouTube comments, insanely good remix, congrats, it captures the spirit of Quake really well while also giving a hint of Doom 2016, love it. Cade Kalka makes his OCR debut with Late Night Ambience, a remix of 11pm from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Who would have guessed Animal Crossing music would fit so perfectly in the post-rock genre? Lion Tamer writes, 
Really nice Wukube I carried and expanding the textural depth of a very minimalistic source. I wasn't expecting the drum work and bassline to drop, nor the synth, but the post-rock direction ended up clicking nicely, before going back to a genteel but slightly tense ending. I thought the mixing could have been tweaked to have a sharper sound, but no big deal there for sure. Novel arrangement approach. You'd never think Animal Crossing could go in this direction at all, and it's a short enough mix where you're left satisfied, but also looking forward to more like it. Welcome aboard, Cade. Rebecca E. Tripp returns to give us Colors of the Winter Sky, a medley of three Secret of Mana tracks that's every bit as beautiful as we've come to expect from her, blending smoothly between soft, regal, cozy, and playful. Because we can't go an episode without comments from the Creepy Pro on YouTube. Love any and all mana tracks, and it is very nice to see this track get the Rebecca treatment because it sounds great. She really brings out some of the softer sounds in this remix, which gets you to listen more intently, but she also knows how to play up the more exciting parts of the song as well. An awesome listen that I can't wait to incorporate into my playlist.
Remixing Shovel Knight's Fighting with All Our Might, Hypertream amps it up with the power of rock to bring us Moon Might. As its name suggests, this track does a fantastic job playing up the strengths of the original piece, giving us a relentless driving remix so we can all slash mercilessly and dig tirelessly. Dime Tower on the Fooms gives his thoughts. Oh man, this rocks. It's so clean. The drums and handle of the melody is so beautifully clear and perfectly matched. You can't listen to this and not feel triumphant and battle-ready. Special props for the beautiful transition section, which totally nails the section without sacrificing an ounce of energy. Crisp and sharp as your favorite knife. Soto gives Blue Fields from Final Fantasy VIII some breathing room. His remix, Wanderlust, is calming, but just tense enough to leave you with a sense of uncertainty. It's sort of bittersweet music befitting reflection and introspection, or simply a rainy day. Polo on the forums writes, Oh yes, I always liked how the first few seconds of the source sound open, pure, and calm. And I love how this mix takes that starter vibe and just rolls with it. No hurry, just plenty of reflection while smelling the roses and feeling the light breeze on my skin and being at peace.
Nobody told Miso 29 it was too early for Christmas music, or if they did, Avalanche, our first remix from Snowboard Kids, proves that they were ignored. But the holiday spirit isn't the only one in this track, as the artist has clearly managed to channel the spirit of rock as well. Music Hunter has found their game, writing a forum review. Finally, a remix of this cherished song. I've been waiting for someone to do this, and you've hit the nail in the coffin and nailed this song down to a T. I love it, and I'll be listening to it constantly, if not hourly. I even requested this song, and my prayers have finally been answered. Supertonic64 brings us his take on Zelda's lullaby from Ocarina of Time. Titled The Princess of Destiny, it has all the charm, whimsy, and regality of the original, but uses its climaxes and instrument choices to bring us a version of it that seems more grand and triumphant. I doubt we'll ever see the day OCR gets tired of getting new Zelda's lullaby remixes. Quote the artist, I put a lot of heavy work into this arrangement for months. At one point putting it down out of frustration and then subsequently losing the project file until I found it again. And then a few minutes after midnight on January 1st, 2019, on the very first day of this new year, I finally finished this orchestration. It took a lot of time and patience to finish it, but I'd have to say, this is the best orchestration of Zelda's Lullaby I've ever done. And I've orchestrated this song a few times already. I have never worked so hard and long on a piece, and I'm very proud of the result. This will likely be the final time I will orchestrate this song, unless I think of another way to spin it. I hope this arrangement demonstrates the same whimsy, beauty, and curiosity that I experienced when I was 
a child playing one of my favorite games of all time. There are many sides to Castlevania's music. There are Baroque elements, jazzy sections, and a plethora of melodies that would make one want to dance. The Plasma's remix, Bano de Sangre, however, uses Castlevania 3's nightmare theme to approach a side that few would dare, the strange and unsettling nature of simple terror. DJ Pretzel's write-up explains things more technically, so we know from many years of compelling evidence that Castlevania pairs well with metal. The overall evil-slash-vampire vibe sure, but specifically the music. Beyond being a hard-hitting metal arrangement, which I've always enjoyed, this mix does a great job incorporating sound effects and acoustic guitar bits to widen its palette and lend a bit more depth. The group's Echo remix had a similar Metal Plus thing going on, and it worked extremely well in this regard. The acoustic passages effectively dial it back a bit, temporarily, while adding their own distinct flavor. Waterphone is always spooky and unnerving, and the metallic screech in the intro sure sounds like one. For these remixes, and more, go to ocremix.org. The playlist is a regular collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. I'm Rexy, and I'll be your host for the playlist for this episode. The theme was... the Sonic the Hedgehog staff credits are put together by Video Games Live. I've been to VGL concerts twice and in both showings the touring orchestra played this fantastic Sonic 1 medley as part of their set. This is one that kept faithful to the original Sonic 1's credits music but with so many other details thrown in with the orchestration. This was submitted by Phoenix Down who says, picking this one just for the opening though you don't get much more Sega than Sonic.
Amazing Spider-Man vs. The Kingpin on the Sega CD, we have track 5, submitted by Electric Boogaloo. of those Sega CD soundtracks with Spencer Nielsen behind the wheel, a composer I know that Electric Boogaloo is a huge fan of. Listening to the tune, I'm kind of getting Sonic CD Quartz Quadrant US vibes just by the groove put together. Definitely a preferred gaming tune than the so-called ambient sounds of its Genesis equivalents. Shinobi, we have BGM2. system version of Shinobi, I remember this one for covering every regular stage in the game for that format. I'm actually relieved the original arcade release rotates between four different tunes, all of which having that ninja funk feel that put the series on the map. This was submitted by Utopia Nemo, who writes in, There are so many obvious great choices that it's still difficult to decide. 
I picked this track from Shinobi because, like the company itself, its origins take great things from both East and West. Streets of Rave from Jamphibius. This arrangement of fighting in the street from the first game felt so much like Yuzo Koshiro's 90s dance style given a colossal upgrade. It's also the first Sega track I heard from Jamphibius which didn't have origins from an online competition, so it shows that there's a lot of genuine Sega related love to be had with the writing and production quality. John Bundy, who says Streets of Rage was one of my favourite series growing up and loved this remix from OCR. nominates the town theme from Shining Force 2. Why am I not surprised though? He's the biggest fan of the game I know, so much to the point that he rallied together good friends to cover the series score for its 20th anniversary. 
The town theme is also a nice, happy and bouncy tune as well. I'd like to think Mosawaki Takenochi took a few leaves out of Koichi Sugiyama's books for this composition. Episode 2, Sky Fortress Zone, Axe 2. soundtrack has had a mixed reaction among even the biggest of Sonic fans, but pretty much everyone I've spoken to said that the Sky Fortress soundtracks are among the best from both episodes combined. This one's got a great melody, possibly the closest attempt to that Genesis sound out of the entire score, and a frantic late game feel that I can describe as Wing Fortress with more peril. This was submitted by Black Doom, who says, Man, I had a hard time picking a track for this episode, ha ha! Well, obviously had to go with some Sanic this time, so here you go, one of my most favourite tracks from any video game ever. Just so good! From Fantasy Star Online, Pioneer, submitted by Juito.
musical aesthetic for Fantasy Star Online, with all the synths and unusual chord progressions and the like, to really work wonders for its futuristic sci-fi setting, something that defines the entire style for the series since. Even with the Pioneer 2 ship hub, you've got a lovely atmospheric sound that fits the idea of a safe haven orbiting planet Regal. Earth better have something like that within the next thousand years! Tracks. It's Dreamer from Streets of Rage 2. iconic tunes from the game, with an equally attractive looking level designed to boot. Who wouldn't want to go beating up a bunch of goons while plowing through a theme park? Even with context gone, this is a strong example of a Genesis tune that can be enjoyed on its own, and a testament to how Yuzo Koshiro's score remains a timeless classic. submitted by Stephen Kelly. game that relies on putting the Wii Remote on a flat surface and tapping near it, but with the legendary Yuji Naka in a producing role, and his first one since leaving Sega at that, he can't help but think the development team at Pro wanted to experiment and have fun. This composition from Toyoshi Kitsuna, known in game with his alias of Shoes, brought in an energetic tune that gets the player pumped up for the assortment of games ahead, and used the same voices of Microsoft Sam and Microsoft Mary in such a clever way. Let's tap, let's tap, 
Thank you for listening to Overclock Podcast episode 95. Next episode's playlist theme is Obscure. If you ask, what is obscure? Well, that could be music from lesser-known games, less appreciated tracks from decently-known games, perhaps rearrangements that are practically unknown, but you think they could use some love. Credits for this episode include Rexy for editing and handling the playlist, Arno Keskitalo for scripting, myself, Patchpen, for scripting, hosting, and co-hosting the Remix Rewind, Phoenix Down for co-hosting the Remix Rewind, and Steven for handling the release, and everyone who submitted playlist entries, and also everyone who wrote reviews and YouTube comments on remixes. This episode's lyrical wisdom... Hyper Camelot Fighting with all they've got Hyper Camelot Ride into danger, evil beware. Our powerful horses carry us there.